Thank you for listening to the Ace Jewelers podcast. This is an episode of The Ace List Live. This podcast has been recorded live during a live stream, which was broadcast on YouTube, Facebook, or Twitter. This is an audio-only version of that recording. Pim, good afternoon. Yes. Good afternoon. How are How you, are my you? friend? I'm good, I'm good. Busy as hell, but uh, very good. Good to see you. <laughs> Although you're back in Holland, so welcome back in Holland after, I think, two decades of being a Swiss watch genius. Um, welcome back. For those that don't know, Pim is now co-owner, majority owner of Christian van der Klau watches. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. I got a lot of messages last night on Instagram. They're like, Pim, Gustav, Frederik Constant, Atea de Monaco, van der Klau, is he doing all? So it's <laughs> not breaking news, but not everybody heard yet. Yeah. And... We are also super excited that you granted us the exclusive dealership for Amsterdam for Christian van der Klaar watches. We announced that last week. So thank you for that. Yeah, we're super, well, super happy. You. So I'm very honored that you're on the show. Very happy. Um, before we kick off with everything about you, about the brand, um, why you joined the brand. We always, always start on this show with a wrist check. So before we start, Pim, what are you rocking today? Uh, yes, I have a, a beautiful uh, astrolabium on my wrist. Beautiful. And I will show you a little bit from uh, up close. It is um, a watch that uh, I'll just quickly change the hands. Otherwise, you cannot see the beautiful uh hands on this watch because there are a lot <laughs> here there you go stunning. so stunning which is not in the collection right now is it no not yet no 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 um or i say not yet and not anymore i have to say uh because uh yeah th this is a watch that um uh, is in the the museum collection mm -hmm. and um uh, so uh, this particular watch, uh, we have uh, only one left. This one is made by Christian himself, uh, probably in 2002. And um, but this, I mean, I'm wearing it because I want to learn exactly uh, how we made it and how we can maybe reintroduce it uh, later on. Uh, with later on, I mean, in a couple of years, of course, because uh, it's not something that you uh, can just throw on the table. Of course, of course. Very and that, uh, you, and that puts you immediately up at the Lucinardens level because I guess you guys are the only two who made such a complicated. Yeah, true, true. Watch. Yeah, correct, huh? it, it's true, and um, but it's a beautiful watch. It uh, indicates not only uh, our minutes, of course, but uh, uh, also um, uh, the sunrise, sunset, uh, the rise and the set of the of the moon mm -hmm. uh, and um, with a nice dragon hand you can uh, if the 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 hand of the moon and the hand of the sun 
mm -hmm. will cross the dragon hand, then there will be an eclipse, uh, a Beautiful. sun eclipse and a moon eclipse somewhere. Amazing. So, yeah, Amazing. very interesting piece. Amazing. Yeah. And, and, and that's what you guys do. Amazing astronomical watches. And there's nobody who can beat Mr. Van der Cloud, the brand Christian Van der Cloud. And now you. And that's your DNA. And I on purpose strapped on not my watch because my watch is being produced. But I strapped on the Ariadne. Because a lot of obviously Dutch collectors, which were the first collectors for Van der Cloud, yes. the Dutch brand, said, hey, it's a pity. They're moving up market. They're only making extreme hotologerie, complicated watches. What happened to the entry level? I said, guys, don't worry. We still have one in stock. So this one is new, not mine. Mine is being produced. And something that I really like about you, you said immediately, hey, I'm not letting the entry level go. No, so definitely not. I'll leave it to you if you want to introduce something during the show today. Yeah. So thank you for sharing that. It's amazing. Um I, I, I jumped the gun a bit because I'm so excited. So Pim is Dutch, master watchmaker, had his journey in Switzerland, joined the Frederick Constant Group, worked there, founded Atelier de Monaco together with the founders of Frederick Constant, technical director at the Frederick Constant Group, which had at least three brands. I've yeah. been at Frederick Constant and Atelier de Monaco. And you're back in Holland doing solely Christian van der Klauw today yeah the quick summary but a lot of people are interested in your journey so i would love to discuss that after our tradition of doing the standard acest questions which are seven of them i'm just going to jump in because we have maximum one hour and we have yeah. a lot of ground to cover and we got a lot of questions from the viewers that can join live okay so the Let's first go. question pim and this is a tricky one for you i guess what watch or and or jewel is your favorite and why? Uh, no, not at all a tricky question. I, I think um, one of my favorite, and that's something that's in my heart for uh, forever I'm, uh, uh, since I'm a watchmaker, uh, is the, the Patek Philippe Nautilus. Mm -hmm. uh, and um, this piece uh, already, uh, because I, I did an internship at Patek Philippe, uh, mm -hmm. Uh, when I was still at watchmaking school, uh, I was, uh, um, uh, yeah, they, I got a prize as best watchmaker of the watchmaking school at the time. And they sent me to Patek Philippe Geneva. So there I had to, uh, yeah, the possibility to, uh, to, to have a real good introduction uh, in, the, in the Patek brand. And, and this model is so iconic. Um, that's uh, something I... Um, uh, I love to make one day something that is like the Porsche uh, 911 of the watch industry. And that's exactly what this is, this watch. So um, the other reason why this is a very important watch to me is uh, that um, I met um, uh, Gerald Genta a couple of times. And uh, back at the time, we had a workshop in, in Monaco yeah, for the brand Atelier de Monaco. And... I met him at a fair, I'm, I'm not even sure where, but it was in Monaco and we got to talk a little bit and I explained to him, yeah, I have a, a small workshop in Monaco. So he said, okay, I, I, I would like to see him. So 
I took him over to the to the workshop, and we started to talk a little bit. I'm explaining him a little bit about the, uh, our brand and and what we did. And he had this first Patek Nautilus, the first one ever that came on the market. It was on his wrist Amazing. with the Luminova in the hands, a little bit gone, you know. It was showed so nicely that it was never retouched, never opened by a watchmaker. He, he didn't care. Um, so that's a little bit why it is so important for me. Amazing. And, uh, Did yeah, you work so with him actually on a project? For yeah, yeah, we did work on a project, and uh, um, so we went to uh, to dinner at Hotel de Paris a couple of times. Uh, we really start to uh, to kick off a project for Atelier de Monaco, uh, but three weeks after uh, the kickoff, uh, he unfortunately died. So, oh, that's a pity. But anyway, I'm so happy that I ever met the guy in uh, in a real personal and uh, way, and um, yeah. yeah, that I could ask him so many questions because this guy is i mean it's like uh, yeah the dictionary of uh, of the watchmaking industry of course it's funny actually that you that you mentioned him because my love for christian van der klau as a person and his amazing watch you started at basel world when i was a kid yeah. visiting the ahci's booth yeah where christian yeah. was exhibiting yeah. And ironically, although we're in Holland, I had to meet him in Switzerland and, and discover his watches as a kid there. Because my dad would always take us. We would start off, before we had any appointments, at the yeah. Independence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm talking about more than two decades ago, way more. Yeah. And so where, where for the me, to meet a hero as Christian van der Klaue, a genius, where yeah. I put him on the same pedestal as um, Kurt Klaus, also yeah. a guy that made a gentleman, who, not a guy, but a gentleman, a genius, who made astronomical watches from his head, not yeah. with cat cam and computers, like no, Christian. No. Yeah. And that same day, when I walked back from hole five to hole one on the bridge, we met Gerald Genta. Oh, yeah. Okay. So that was my most epic puzzle yeah. ever. Quite a day, yeah? Yeah, yeah amazing. So it's yeah. ironic that you mentioned that. Yeah. So thank you so much for sharing. Cool. Um, begs the question, obviously, do you own one? No, no, I, I don't not own yet. one. Not yet. Uh, not yet. Not no, yet. It's not, uh, it's not on my priority list because uh, I love to create and I really appreciate this, uh, this watch. But um, yeah, I have so many beautiful uh, things uh, uh, to, to create still that um, I'm a little occupied. I can imagine. One day, one day. Second question. What did you want to be when you grew up? Did you always want to be a watchmaker? Uh, no, no, no. I want to be uh, a jeweler, uh, jewel making. Uh, that's what I want to do. And that's why I went to uh, the Foxhole, uh, the, the school for watchmaking slash jewelry making. So I went there to become a jeweler. Mm -hmm. Um but the first week I thought already, okay, well, let's forget the jewels. We're going to make watches. So, um, yeah, right away I knew it when I was first working on the, on the clocks and I saw all this, this, this wheels and things. I was like, this is the perfect combination about beauty, design and technique. So, yeah. So, so basically this watch is your favorite. 
the jeweled watches. Yeah, it well, it's best of both worlds. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Have you created jewelry, or did you leave the jewelry, went to watchmaking, and never made a jewel as a goldsmith? No, never. Yeah, of never. course, it's cool. Yeah, still, like the first year was a was a uh, yeah, combined year. So uh, I made some jewels, but some basic stuff. Um, but um, yeah, no, it's watches. Watches for me. Interesting. Lovely. Nice to hear. Um, by the way, we yesterday I got a lot of responses. Uh, people are excited for today on the socials. We have uh, somebody on LinkedIn, which unfortunately the name didn't got pushed through. Writing, hi, dear Alon, hi, Pim. Thank you so much for joining. Sorry we can't see your name, so maybe write it in the comments. On Facebook, we have Dukuman, who writes, let's go, Wink. Thank you for joining. Um, we have another question on LinkedIn, but I think we'll deal with that later. We usually reserve the Q&A for the end. So thank you all for watching and joining. And please do keep on sending in your questions. We try to answer them at the end. But if you can't watch the show completely live, I'll try to pick them up. Pim, third question. Who is or was your role model? You can mention more. Uh, that's a good question. I think uh, we uh, we just mentioned him. Uh, Christian van der Klauw definitely is uh, uh, is one of my role models. Uh, uh, yeah, as was uh, Peter Stas also, uh, or is still. But uh, I learned so much from him, the the founder of Freddy Constant mm -hmm. and his wife Valetta. Yeah. It is like, yeah, what they created not only uh, like. Uh, enterprise like company but uh brand image uh brand awareness this is uh and products of course so uh yeah do me a favor i I'm, I'm i always say rules are there to be broken um within the law <laughs> quickly tell us why it's full circle for you to end up now at christian van der Klauw because you went to him when you graduate right yeah, you yeah. wanted to work at the brand. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. please also in the second story, tell us why. For those that don't know, Dutch usually know the story behind Fede Constant, but what pe mostly people don't know is that Peter and Aletta, which are indeed epic, and I had the honor to meet them on multiple occasions, what they've grown because you mentioned enterprise, which it is. It's amazing from zero to a prominent Swiss watch brand. Yes. So would you mind sharing these two stories? Because they're epic stories, both of them. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, uh, let's start with uh, with Christian then. Uh, it was uh, in, the, um, yeah, in the first year of watchmaking school that he came to us and uh, uh, yeah, explained about the brand and uh, about his watches. And I still remember that so clearly that I was struck by his passion and his uh, craftsmanship. And... That was, um, yeah, probably in 1999, I guess. And so it never uh, went out of my mind. So I went to him during watchmaking school in his garage uh, where he was making the parts uh, on the machines, which we have still here in the back. And, um, and the last year of the watchmaking school, I went back and handed over my CV and said, well, I love to work with you. And he was still working alone at the time. 
And uh, but he already knew. I, I shared already uh, my experiences with uh, Frédéric Constant, that I uh, met Peter Stas already, and that he wanted me to work there as well. So uh, Christian said, "Well, let's. Um, it's better for you if you uh, gain some more experience in the Swiss watch industry. So just go, go there. It's, uh, that's the be your best option." So uh, that's what I did, and uh, I uh, was yeah. After 20 years, well, a lot happened in the meantime, of course. Uh, but um, uh, yeah, after 20 years, I'm uh, very happy that uh, I uh, can finally uh, work with him uh, as well. And uh, so that's uh, yeah, that's very special to me. Amazing. Uh, and of course, uh, as well with uh, Daniel Maria, you can see them here. They. Uh, yeah. Uh, they took over the company in 2009 when um, Christian went, um, uh, yeah, for um, how do you call that? Pension. Retirement. Uh, retirement. And um, yeah, so uh, Christian retired. Uh, Daniel Maria took over. Um, and uh, so they, they created from a brand that was, uh, yeah, a really crazy complicated watches but uh yeah it was still made in the in the garage uh, of christian van der cloud they built it out to uh yeah some way uh, a, a very international uh, renowned brand and uh, yeah that's an uh, amazing job and they are still involved as well uh, uh daniel is still a ceo creative director and uh, Maria is uh, taking care of the marketing as marketing director as well. So yeah, we were uh, we're a good uh, fresh team with uh, a lot of uh, yeah a lot of um, uh, amazing uh, yeah things that we can add. You know, I mean, they knew a lot of, know a lot about uh, their. Uh, part and um, I think uh, I can add a, a big chunk of uh, experience uh, to that. Amazing. So just a quick intermezzo for those that are not that much aware. Mr. Christian van der Klauw is still alive. He's still involved, but yes. he's already 70, uh, 79, I guess. 79 yeah. years old. Yeah. Maybe he lived to 120. Still in Heerenveen. That's where you are today. That's in the north of the Netherlands, Friesland. That's yeah. where it started. That's where it still is. Um, Daniel and Maria are amazing. I've met them on many occasions. Are still part of the company as well. You are added for continuation. There is no buyout. There is no revolution. It's all an evolution, right? Exactly. exactly. Strengthening the brand. Yeah. And taking it to the next level. That's what it's about, right? Yes, definitely. Okay. Amazing. Definitely. Part two. Aleta and Petustas. Yeah. I know they started at their coffee at the dining table in Hong Kong. Yeah, they, they started there. Um, uh, they working were working for Philips. Uh, exp expatriates, uh, uh, he for uh, Philips and she for ING, uh, the bank. Uh, so they were working there and they were uh, walking uh, past those beautiful windows uh, of uh, with beautiful Swiss watches, but uh, way too expensive. And so they thought, we can make something beautiful for less money and that's what their um, yeah their their their, their quest was uh, since then to create beautiful watches for a very beautiful price and they started 
at the coffee table and uh, in 1994 uh, they um, yeah they they created their first uh, watches mm-hmm. and um, uh, they sold it to uh, to a Japanese customer and um, oh that's okay um so uh, sorry um so they sold it to a japanese customer yeah and from there uh, yeah it took off uh, very fast and um when i when i started uh, at Freddy constant uh, in 2002 uh, we were only 10 people mm-hmm. so i was the first watchmaker uh, directly came from school and um, yeah, since then um, we created, uh, started to create uh, the, the manufacture movement, the in-house movement. In 2004, we introduced it and it was like, we sold right away the first day of Basel Fair, we sold like 500 pieces. And from there it took off. It was an amazing journey, amazing journey. So when I left um, in, in April this year, uh, it was uh, the company was taken over uh, by Citizen Group uh, Japan, mm-hmm. and uh, um, yeah, we made 160,000 watches a year, more or less. Um, and we went from 10 people to uh, including Citizen Group uh, to 20,000. So amazing! Yeah, amazing story, amazing success story. Yeah. Yeah, 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 and um, yeah, that, that's that's amazing because our mutual friend Niels Egeding, another Dutchman, CEO yeah. today of of the the brand, yeah. is actually the next guest on the show. So ah, nice. We'll nice. continue this amazing story with him as well. Yeah, um, amazing. Thank you for sharing, Pim. Um, the feedbacks are rolling in. You're you're a highly sought after guest because people are super excited. We have uh, our friend Rocky on YouTube writing, hi, guys, good to see you. He's the record holder on the Aces Live. He's joined every episode and oh, has nice. asked a question. Yeah, so oh, that's difficult to break his um, his flow. We have um, Dukuman saying, sounds awesome. He's replying to your story. Um, he sent this in while you were telling about your story with Christian van der Klauw. And we actually have a bridge here, our mutual friend Roland Pell. Yeah. Who did an internship with me and with you? I, so, Roland. I didn't know. Okay. Yeah. So okay. good to see you, Roland. Thank you so much. Another Dutchman who's actually becoming a very good watchmaker because I follow him online. Definitely. And I definitely, see his yeah. uh, engelage pictures and evolution on social media. Yeah. So yeah. thank you for joining, Roland. Good to see you. Jumping back to the questions. Fourth question. Pim, if you could teleport tomorrow, and that could be also in time. Where would you go? Wow. That's a good one. That's a good one. Um, yeah. I think, you know, um, probably um, 1974, mm-hmm. uh, when uh, the brand Christian van der Klaal was created. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, because... Of course, I love to uh, to see this brand, how it's built up and how it's already like 48 years. Um, they make beautiful watches and, and there's a lot of beautiful stuff to come. Mm-hmm. 
but uh, yeah, what I would lo love to experience a little bit what uh, Christian was like when he just got started and uh, started to make uh, this um, very exceptional uh, clocks, which are even now, 48 years later, still very exceptional. And so uh, the clocks were already with uh, astronomical complications, which was very exceptional for the time, but uh, still uh, crazy complicated. So and, and, and I love to spend time with him to learn more. That's yeah, amazing. And yeah. it's a true startup story where in Silicon Valley everybody starts in the garage. So yeah. did he, didn't he? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's true, yeah. it's true. Really yeah. in the garage and uh, bluing hands with a with a small uh, on the small fire and uh, yeah, it's. I mean. That's what you like to feel and see, and it's uh, yeah. yeah, amazing. I I highly recommend people to go to the official from the Cloud website, which is cloud.com. And for those that are wondering what that means in Dutch, it's a claw, and that's why sometimes you see on the uh, on the logo you'll see a claw. That's what it means in Dutch. So if you're ever wondering, um. Amazing, amazing that you chose that. And I, I know you mean that because he, he truly was your mentor. And I know you've spoken to him in uh, your, your graduating years and uh, you look up to him. And, and for those that, that don't comprehend, um, the planetarium is the smallest mechanical planetarium in the world. And Mr. van der Klau created that. And I have a, one here. Yeah. So I didn't find yeah. my camera because yeah. everything is this yeah, the other yeah, it's it's reversed. Yeah, yeah. It's reversed. So it's a so this is one of my grail watches. I love moon faced watches in whatever complication behind them. But this is bizarre because you have seven heavenly bodies, right? Program uh, yes, uh, six planets and, and the sun. So yeah. um, they are turning real time around the sun. So the first one in the center is Mercury. And the planet Mercury is turning once in 88 days around the sun. Mm -hmm. And then we have, of course, uh, uh, Venus and Earth. Earth, you know, uh, takes exactly one year to go around the sun. Mm -hmm. uh, but the outside uh, planet, Saturn, for example, is turning once in 29 and a half years. So you can imagine how slow it turns. But it's, it, yeah, here you can see it perfectly. I love this. I can sit yeah, here for hours really and play with this configurator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's uh, it's really amazing. See this, one. this one goes around in three decades, right? Yes, yeah, 29 and a half years. Yeah. Whereas the cycle of the moon is 29 and a half days so yes interesting yeah yeah, yeah. So, uh, i love this yeah but okay um thank you for for sharing that um as you see i'm super excited so i'm all over the place fifth question pim because yes. the questions keep on rolling in so i need to pick up speed what yeah. book are you currently reading i know you fly a lot so do you read on the plane um to be honest with you, I'm a very dyslectic. Okay. I cannot read a book. So, uh, no, I'm not reading. <laughs> Maybe and, audio books. 
Uh, yeah, yeah, no, that could be an option. But um, no, it, it's really true. I, I'm really having a hard time reading. And that's also uh, one of my advantages, I guess, because that's why I can, for example, uh, uh, I can uh, a, a minute repeater, for example. We made one for, uh, for uh, Atelier de Monaco. Mm -hmm. um, even now, like years after, I can imagine the whole system, like 400 pieces, Mm -hmm. uh, take it apart in my head and maybe change some components or maybe bend something to see how it works. That's all. I mean, that's my competence. That's what I can do. But reading is not really what. <laughs> so let me help you. Let me help you. How do you keep up with literature in our industry? Do you read magazines? Do you read books that are published? Uh, yeah. Uh, no, it's, um, of course, I... Um, uh, uh, I read uh, a little bit, but it's not my favorite thing. But um, if I read something, it's uh, yeah, it's it's about watches. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. I, I'm not going to waste my uh, time on anything else. <laughs> yeah, 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 interesting. So while we're talking, uh, Dukuman says uh, on Facebook, audiobooks rules. Yeah, uh, um, I on the previous question, he wrote great question, Smiley. We have. Uh, Romain Valletta joining us, writing Bonjour, Pim et Alon. Welcome, Romain. Bonjour. Watchmaker as well. For joining us, we have our friend in Switzerland, Isha Patel, writing on LinkedIn. Super interesting. Thank you for joining, Isha. Great to have you here. Um, we have a lot of technical questions, but I'm keeping them for the end, um, Pim. Yeah. Um, switching back to the sixth question. So we've seen a lot of colors passing by in watchmaking the last few years, especially jewelry, fashion, but also watchmaking. Yeah. And on the background, I put up the Planetarium limited yeah, edition. Put it yeah. here as well. I love this the color. Winner of the Grand Prix d'Horlogerie 2021. Tell us quickly what the DAO is because this yeah. is not the Tiffany Dow, and you guys no. are not trend followers. You did not make this because Tiffany Blue or Turquoise is popular right now. This yeah, has definitely. a very meaningful reason you guys made this dial. Yeah, this actually, you can see also the, the stripes, uh, and this represents the ceiling, uh, so the wooden ceiling of the oldest planetarium still working in the world. Which you and, see on the background. That's the picture on the background of our show. Yeah, exactly. And this oldest planetarium in the world is not very far from our workshop in Franeker in Holland. Mm -hmm. And uh, so uh, this guy, Eis Eisinga, mm -hmm. he made this in his living room. So for anybody uh, loving this stuff, please go there and check it out. It's... Um, uh, now it's really an important uh, museum. Uh, it's, uh, it's the Royal Museum of Ice Eisinga because it's, it's very important for uh, the Dutch culture. And um, yeah, it's, uh, it's beautiful. All the planets are uh, turning around in the living room. And it's a actually a funny story because uh, he made this um, uh, to prove that there was not an uh, apocalypse. So the church at the time, uh, the, they said there are three planets in a row and this will disturb 
the whole solar system, and this will probably be, will be the end of, of anything, the end of human life as we know it. Mm-hmm. So he, being a very smart guy, was thinking, nah, that's not true at all. I'll show you. And he built his own, um, yeah, his own planetarium. Took him eight years to finish it. And that the moment of the Earth uh, aligning with the other planets was all, all gone already. So everybody knew that it was not going to happen, uh, any apocalypse. But it is, um, yeah, still, uh, still working. This, uh, this planetarium, really amazing. Right. Please check it out. I, I'm ashamed to say that I haven't been yet, but uh, oh, yeah. my son is coming of an age that he's fascinated by uh, the moon and the sun. So yeah. a good excuse to go. So taking this bridge to what do you think is going to be the color for 2023? Um, good question. I hope that uh, the color will be uh, one of our novelties yeah, that we can... Uh, kick it in as a as a trendsetter as well uh, but um yeah so uh, but i think it is one of those bright colors let's uh, let's keep it with that uh, i'm really so the turquoise or the tur- tiffany color uh, mm-hmm. is very happening now and it's uh, it's not going to change into dark brown or uh, uh, maybe um, uh, black or something it it remains very colorful for the, for the next couple of years Yeah, because you guys are on the polls. You guys made a green for last year, but very relevant for astronomical watch because it's meteorite. I've never seen a green meteor dial before. You'll see jade, uh, malachite. Um, So so that's awesome. I love this color as well, Havana brown. Um, So you guys do definitely play around for the, and and obviously I think one of your best-selling dials are the, um aventurin ones right that we yes see. yes definitely there you have which, one which i love is very relevant for uh moon phase dials um i also love your gradient um uh gradient dials i i, I think that they are now yeah, less than the, the collection Gilles, right the guillaucher dials very yeah. nice yeah with the 3d moon here yeah, so you guys, yeah, you guys do a lot of textured and depth into your watches. Yeah, which and I this love. this 3D moon is uh, the most precise 3D moon ever made, and it has a precision, an accuracy, or uh, um, an error of only one day in eleven thousand years. Crazy, crazy, and also for this watch, you guys have an amazing. Uh, animation on your website where you can see the moon literally turning. Love it. Amazing. Um, do you... Can I use this question as a bridge to you sharing a scoop? What's in the pipeline? No. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. That's a pity. That's a pity. Um, okay. Last question. Rather rhetorical for a Dutch guy. Um, because you've been here last week, so we know you've been in Amsterdam, but what do you love the most about Amsterdam, Pim? Yeah, what do I love the most about Amsterdam? Yeah, I, I of course, I did uh, four years of watchmaking school there, so uh, I really have a lot of uh, good memories. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think one thing that I, I, I love about Amsterdam is uh, are the museums, museum, I have to say. Beautiful. And I really, the, the history of Holland, and that's also uh, a, a thing uh, that we cannot neglect. I mean, of course, the Swiss watch industry is the Swiss watch industry. It's like the chocolates and, I mean, that's Swiss. Mm-hmm. But the Dutch invented uh, the pendulum. Uh, they invented the, the, the hairspring. Um, and, of course, we were very, very strong in the 1600s uh, to, uh, to travel and to do business overseas in Asia and everywhere. And mm-hmm. that was because of a couple of things. We knew how to make watches. Mm-hmm. So, because if you want to travel somewhere, you, you need the time mm-hmm. and you need to know the, the planets and, and the, the solar system. Mm-hmm. If you don't know those two things, you can go wherever you want, but you never come back. Mm-hmm. So they really know, knew about this. And, and uh, that's the reason also why uh, I think astronomy uh, and the Dutch are so linked. Uh, watchmaking, astronomy, uh, and uh, doing business overseas, everything is coming together. And uh, that's also why I'm so proud uh, and honored that I can uh, take care of this brand uh, for uh, as long as I can work. Amazing. Because, um, as you said, it's so, so relevant that Van der Klau exists as a watch brand. Yeah, definitely. He is a very modest man, but he is literally a living genius. Yes. Um, and, and you flew over the topic quickly. And luckily, on your own website, you guys dedicate on the second tab of your navigation a whole dedication about astronomy and Dutch astronomy. So you talked about the pendulum. This this really, Christian Huygens, yeah. no coincidence that they're both called Christian, yeah. Um was very, very, very incremental and essential for watchmaking in uh, the 17th century. Um, so I, I highly recommend you guys to read this. You'll see Eis Eisinga here. Um, and, and what you said about traveling, every, all navigation was done by sea. If you didn't know the tides and you didn't know how to use the sun, the moon, and all the other planets, you couldn't navigate this world where we thought the planet was flat. So um, very, very relevant and essential. And I think we lost in the Western world the connection maybe with astronomy. Yeah. But I think in the Middle East, in the Far East, um, it's still still very, very relevant, right? And yeah, it's definitely. very ironic that those of us that are dabbling in crypto, there is one lady who is an astronomer and she literally says you need to wait for a full moon. And after the full moon, the ebb and flow of crypto values go up and down. And after full moon, it goes oh, yeah. up. Yeah. So a buddy of mine and I literally are now tracking if she's right or not. So that's what I use the astronomy for. Uh, yeah, yeah. Then you definitely need one of our watches for sure. Yeah. It's a funny <laughs> sidestep. Yeah. Um, Pim, we have about 20 minutes left. Loads of questions. I want to give you a platform um, to share a bit. You shared actually a lot. 
Um, for those that maybe are not that known with the brand or are tuning in only now or don't have the patience to listen to one hour episode, could you please quickly give a elevated pitch what the brand is? Sure. And more importantly, where are you, what's your vision? Where are you taking the brand, please? Yeah. Would you mind sharing that? Yeah, of course. So uh, I think Christian van der Klauw, uh, very important to know that it's uh, 48 years of uh, astronomical watches and, and uh, movements, clocks. Uh, so very rich history. But at the time of Christian, mainly focused on, uh, on Holland, a little bit international. Of course, after um, some beautiful watch introductions uh, at the time uh, when Maria and Daniel took over, uh, we had the smallest, uh, the, the smallest planetarium in the world, the, uh, the most precise 3D moon in the world. We had some other beautiful, like this one. It's the amazing. It shows the eclipse, the declination of the sun, the moon, and the date and the month. Mm -hmm. And those kind of watches, yeah, that's uh, uh, in the collection at the moment. Mm -hmm. Really beautiful collection. And yeah, I, I think that's what the brand is all about. We are the only one, the only watch brand in the world that is focusing on astronomy and only astronomy. And that's what is uh, so strong uh, at, um, uh, that's our proposition. Mm -hmm. Very unique. Uh, I think the other thing is that uh, very important is that we are winning winner of the, of the Grand Prix d'Horlogerie. Uh, which really changed the look, uh, the international brand awareness of Christian van der Klauw. Yeah. Together with the fact that we work together with Van Klevenaar Pels, uh, yeah. which are the, yeah, I can say the most important uh, jewelry making, maker in the world, uh, which uh, asked uh, Daniel Maria uh, and, of course, the Christian van der Klauw team uh, to create a watch for them. And that's what uh, what we did. And um, we created two watches, a man's watch and uh, a ladies, um, uh, a ladies uh, planetarium, which are uh, selling prices like over 300K. So it's really the high, high point. And this is what uh, we're really from Christian was really Dutch orientated and really built the brand awareness, but in Holland mostly. Then we have this international push with winning the prize and with uh, the cooperation with uh, Van Cleef. And now the next- Sorry to interrupt you, Pim. Is this a one-time collab, one series and done, or is this still in production, this collab? Are these uh, watches still available at Van Cleef and Arpel? Uh, I, I think they produce, but uh, they produce very limited production. It's it's a very complicated watch. So, uh, but it's yeah. still available. Uh, yes, I guess so. Yeah. yeah. So it's an ongoing. It's another one-time stint or a marketing stunt. No, no, no. It's a Definitely. true collaboration. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. And um, so um, yeah, 
from there, uh, my vision is uh, that uh, we uh, have all the ingredients um, that were created by Christian and created by uh, by Daniel Maria to have a huge um, impact if we go more uh, into uh, the for example other markets like you said astronomy is so important in the middle east in the far east even in the us it's uh, it's very um, yeah it's a big thing so we can develop so much more and my um, goal is not to sell like uh, thousands of watches not at all uh, my goal is to sell more beautiful watches because i want to create more beautiful watches to uh, finance the creation is very very expensive and time consuming so you have to sell watches to be able to create watches and uh, that's what uh, me I like to do but uh, the whole team here uh, is um, yeah that's that's their their uh, their goal in life I have to say amazing amazing we have uh, our mutual friend Daniela Marin joining us from the naked watchmaker yeah, nice. On YouTube. Thank you Good. for joining. She writes Welcome. beautiful timepieces. Yeah. And if somebody knows timepieces, it's her. So that's a big compliment. Thank you for joining, Daniela. Um, would you, thank you for sharing, Ping. Would you elaborate on what I said about price points? So, and you already said that you guys made a male and female watch with Van Cleef, but within your brand, you guys never neglect women. Could you touch upon these two topics, please? Yeah. So, uh, first of all, uh, I think uh, right now in the collection, we have some uh, models with um, uh, a volume movement, 7750, which is more in entry price level, yeah. um, which I um, want to keep and really build on that heritage of, uh, for example, the watch that you're wearing, uh, the Ariadne, is uh, something definitely that coming back in the collection with another and different, uh, more modern kind of style. Mm -hmm. I think that's very important. And I don't think that the Masterpiece collection uh, will hurt the, the, the lower entry level collection or uh, vice versa. I think they can definitely live together. Uh, because, uh, as you said before, all the passionate people about the brand, about the watches, they uh, they maybe today they buy an Ariadne because they love the brand and the watch, and maybe tomorrow they are able or they, they are willing uh, to buy a masterpiece. And I think uh, it's a beautiful beautiful evolution of uh, of passion. Mm -hmm. So that's one thing. Um, so yes, we will continue making entry level and yes we are continuing making uh, masterpieces more complicated so eventually also more expensive because they are more complicated amazing thank you for that and, so and your second question can you repeat it again? your second question you uh, you asked me two things it's, but, it's uh, on the lady side yeah oh yeah yeah, yeah are, sure. are there any novelties there coming um Coming, yes, definitely coming. Um, not in 23 yet, because, uh, yeah, as you can understand, everything uh, takes 
a bit of time, especially development in the watch industry is um, yeah a long uh, long trajectory of uh, of um, uh, prototyping etc. But um, yeah, we having now uh, the Lady Stardust uh, Orion Lady Stardust, very beautiful watch with an uh, Aventurine dial, mm -hmm. uh, which is really really nice. And um, yeah, we are uh, definitely also uh, going to have some. Uh, complications in the in the ladies area Maybe. but not yet <laughs> okay um, it's, work in it's indeed a work in progress um so what i've written on the screen now is for those that want to meet pim in person i want to see some products in their hands we're actually celebrating the collaboration between Ace Jewelers and Christian van der Klaal with a launch party on Thursday, the 27th of October. So three weeks from now, we are kind of chock-a-block full, but I want to honor the viewers of the Ace This Live. If you want to attend, shoot us an email and we'll make sure we can make space for you that evening. It's going to be from 6 p.m. till 10 p.m. in Amsterdam in our boutique. So that's the banner on the site. I want to jump to the questions. If you have any questions for Pim, please put them in the comment section on whatever channel you're watching right now and will show up in our feed. Um, but we have already a big pipeline. So um, we have, let me scroll through quickly. <laughs> Rocky always likes to know the cutting edge news. He writes on YouTube. Is it this year or next year that we can expect a collab between Ace and Christian van der Klauw? Pim, do you want to answer or me? Uh, no, go ahead. Um, Rocky, definitely something up in the works. You knowing me, I love the brand. I love collabs. I am definitely not a watch designer, but I have quite some uh, particular tastes and views on watchmaking. So... Um, when I asked Pim this question, he definitely did not say no. He just said, please be patient because my pipeline is full. Everybody knows that the watchmaking industry has problems in the supply chain and actually any industry in this world right now. So definitely something we want to do. And for you, the hardcore fans of both Ace and Van der Klauw, shoot in your requests maybe we'll listen but as stubborn as you know i am i don't know if i will but please do um and on that topic there is a whole chat going on in the thread our friend william writes to rocky yes collab ace and chris van de Klaus. so pim you see it's a topic that's very relevant because i told you that it's something actual end consumers and collectors want yeah. um william wrote also on youtube he remembers meeting mr van der Klau in the jure shop decades ago still amazing works of art and technology william i'm not quite sure if you registered yet but we hope to see you on the 27th um he's a regular guests at our events um let me see what else Actually, uh, Rocky asked another good question. He asks, and this one is for you, Pim. Can you tell us more about dark rush watches? 
Good one. I wanted to ask that one. Okay. Um, yeah, that, that's a, a brand uh, of uh, Daniel Maria, mm -hmm. um, which um, uh, they were making, um, I think, five, six years ago, if I'm correctly, um, a beautiful collection. So, um, yeah, that's uh, still uh, still ongoing, but it's uh, it's more the part of Daniel Maria. Yeah, so it's a separate brand. Yeah. Same owners as one of the owners of Christian van der Cloud watches, yes. but you guys are not a group and you are not you are not related to that brand, right? No. No. Okay. So okay, so there's no blending there. No. Okay. Thank you for asking, Rocky. Good question. Thank you, Pim, for sharing openly. On Facebook, Edward Burer writes, looking forward for the event on the 27. Also, big watch collector. Thank you for watching, Edward. And we are looking forward to seeing you in person. It has been way too long because we have a long email relationship going on, but I'm a personal guy, so I don't like emailing. Um, thank you for that. Um, let me see. We have a question from Mut. Toka Frederi on LinkedIn. He writes, do you go for quartz stones too? Good question. So this is um, the Orion you were talking about because I don't think it's on yes. your website right now, but definitely still available. So we have it up on our website. Um, so Aventurin you use. You guys use gems for the planetarium, don't you? Pim? You mean in the basil? And in no, the here. Case. Are these uh, gemstones? Uh, no, no, no. They're, they're uh, steel uh, balls uh, and hand-painted. But the Arpel ones are. These are yes. gems. Yeah, yeah. They, they are a lot bigger. Okay. So that's interesting. It's, Did uh, you ever use quartz dials? Gemstone dials? uh no no not yet no not yet so maybe, maybe up, a good idea up for consideration yes okay awesome thank you for asking uh mutoka and thank you for joining um edward puts his thumb up and writes true and he refers to our emailing roland pell writes on linkedin Romain and I would like to come to the launch party if we have the time. Email me, Roland. You have my address, and I'll hook <laughs> you guys up. Although All I don't know who Romain is, but he's welcome as well. Um, let me see. Questions we got sent in through Instagram earlier on. This is a good one. When you start making a new watch, do you start with the caliber or the design first, Pim? Good question. Um with the design you start with a design so yeah. it's not form follows function um no well it, it's it's a combination i have to say because uh, first um but first the main idea is that you want to make a beautiful watch and that then you think okay how should it look like what should it look like and, and then uh, you're going to see, okay, uh, I can add this function or I can add that function or uh, maybe I have uh, like uh, this kind of technology inside uh, that's growing afterwards. But th the main idea, the main goal 
is still to make something beautiful and, and, and impressive. So we don't go and say, okay, uh, we, um, we want to make first like a, a crazy complicated uh, movement and then think, okay, uh, how can I make it uh, beautiful? Mm -hmm. No, it's the other way around. Mm -hmm. So that's, uh, that's, that's the, um, yeah, the, 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 the steps uh, where we, uh, how we think. Can you, on this topic, share how much you guys do in-house? Yes, definitely. We have uh, a Swiss movement. The base movement uh, at the moment, I have to say at the moment, is uh, bought in Switzerland. Then we make all the parts that you see here, uh, we make in-house. So the wheels, for example, is done on the lath turning machine. Uh, we cut it teeth by teeth. Uh, everything is uh, polished, finished, assembled by hand. Even this very complicated um, uh, wheel that is uh, the wheel of the, the planetarium uh, is uh, totally done in hand, in-house, sorry. And um, the, the planets are painted uh, by hand. We do the, uh, the, the gold plating, rhodium plating, assembly, finishing, that the whole astronomical uh, module is uh, is done in-house. Amazing. I know that you don't know an exact percentage, but if you had to give a ballpark estimate, how much do you guys do in-house about? Uh, Would it 90, be 50 or not yet? No, 90, I guess. 90? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, no. Not really? Not. Yes. So for those that don't know, which is a bit tricky, um, Swiss laws... You would say if something is just made, your initial response would be, hey, 100%. Also made in Italy for clothing. But strangely enough, every country has a different regulation. And in Switzerland, it used to be 50% needs to be manufactured in Switzerland. And the assembly needs to be done. Correct, Pim? Uh, yeah, I, it's 60, right? Yeah, 60%. Yeah, that's a uh, new law. Yeah, 60% of the cost, uh, or the combined cost of the watch. Needs to be Swiss. So that's a bit tricky. Many high-end brands in Switzerland really make 100% Swiss made, but that's rather odd than the, the rule of thumb. Do we have a Dutch law on this? I don't even know that. No, no, we don't it have. exist. So no, when you say Dutch made, it's not regulated. No. Although we have the Warburg. Yeah, yeah. That's Very true. strict law. Yeah, no, no, but uh, it is uh, there. There's no rule or something, so um, um, it, it's a little bit different than the Swiss uh, Swiss made. But anyway, I, I mean, the a big part is the Swiss movement that we use, uh, yeah. but the the rest and the real uh, cost and and the energy that goes into the watch is all made in house. So that's. Um, Amazing. I see we have one and a half minute left. I have one. I have many more questions, but one amazing one. I'm considering to become a watchmaker. I'm Dutch. Should I start in the Netherlands or go to Switzerland immediately? Last quick question for you, Pim. Uh, Come and join us. <laughs> do you guys have apprenticeships? Uh, yes. Yeah, of course. We and even a... if they didn't do the school yet, do you want them? Um, no, if they if they started the school, then uh, well, I would definitely... Uh, and you hire Dutch students? Yeah, we have so much work. It's uh, amazing. You, uh, we sell too much.
Thank you so much for the honor. Uh, guys, as I said, next episode is now in the books November 3rd with our mutual friend Niels Echeding of Freddy Constant, CEO of Freddy Constant. Could be we'll pump in one or two more shows. So make sure to go to the acelist.com where you have a real-time schedule of upcoming guests. Tim, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Looking forward to our training tomorrow and seeing you the 27th. And thank you yes. to all our dear viewers. Um, Edward says, interesting chat. Sorry, I missed the first part. Thanks. Thank you for joining and I'll send you the link. Bye, Pim. Thanks. See you, you tomorrow. Yeah. Take care, my friend. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Ace Jewelers Podcast. This was the end of the Aceless Live audio-only recording. To listen to more episodes or to view them, go to acelist.com. Thank you.